Welcome to Talking in Stations, May 27th. I am Madderall here with you. Joining me as well is Shen. How's it going, Shen? Doing well. Hello, everyone. All right. Today, we're going to take you through some of the headlines of what's going on, mostly in Poshvin. But today, we thought we'd do what we couldn't finish yesterday, which was take a look at the markets and uh, have a look to see just how expensive things have gotten and if the prices are still crazy and will they stay crazy. So we'll take a look at that. All right. So we just delayed a little bit so people know because Rich Richmond was being interviewed by CCP on their stream and we didn't want to jump on our uh, TIS guy there and compete with his audience. So now that he's done, we're ready to go. And uh, we'll start with uh, Poshvin, actually. there's. I'm not up on this, but apparently after this last patch, not the actual patch this week, but maybe a week before or recently, they changed Poshvin so that you didn't need to have standing to travel to most systems inside that triangle. And uh, I don't know how far back to go to Poshvin to describe it, but basically before, um, before a couple weeks ago, if you were fighting someone that was a local and had uh, standing there with Triglavians, they could go through a gate and you couldn't if you didn't have uh, Triglavian standing too. So Edencom, which are the enemies of Triglavian uh, people, have different standing, the exact opposite standing. So they couldn't move around in there to pursue a fight or even to uh, raid into a different system. And there was just a lot of problems with that. So CCP said, okay, except for the capital systems, you don't need standing anymore to move around. You still need standing for Triglavians to dock inside uh, some of the structures in there, the NPC structures, but not uh, to move around to go from one system to the next. And that led to a wave of attacks coming in from Edencom, who now can go in there, go into one system, and then find their way to their destination and, and fight or even pursue people. So that's what's been going on there. And also, also we can see this later on in the market part as well. Uh, this has somewhat of an effect on the Triglave, T2 Triglavian ship market. Yeah, let's have a look at that. Happen to have that. Uh, what are some of the things in the Triglavian market that we should look at? Uh, some T1 Triglavian ship, uh, especially the two materials uh, that are special to uh, T1 Triglavian ships. Yeah, those are, let's have a look here. Crystalline Isogen 10. Isogen 10. Yep. There it is. Oh, yeah. Look at that big hump and how fast it drops. Yeah. So this thing was very popular uh, after the death block came out, before the change came in. So you can see that big spike up. So people were trying to, trying their best to pump up as many Triglavian ships as they could at the time. So that means, so we can see how much they went up by price and by volume as well. So that means um, there will be a huge amount of stockpile that will be uh, left over uh, even uh, after this change. So who knows, right, maybe- sorry, I had to step away there for a second. Oh, all good right now? Uh, Okay, did you um, explain why that price had dropped? Uh, yeah, not dropped, but like 
what why did it went up but it dropped because now the change came in it requires a lot more materials to build trigger even ships oops so so that means it's harder to build them and they require a lot of the new materials which which they haven't been uh i would say properly uh produced on the market and that's why it went straight down like that but will it keep going down i don't think so uh, but because this historically speaking uh crystalline isogen is about 50k per piece uh right now you it's way under that range so yeah, undervalued. i would say after yeah, I would say after all those new materials uh, came in into stock on market, uh, the price of crystallized hydrogen will go up with uh, as those the price of those new materials goes down. Yeah, I wonder this uh, isogen ten is only used for triglavian equipment. Is that right? Yeah, so it's used for triglavian ships, ammo, and the guns. Yeah, but nothing it's else. Special. It's not. It's not part of any yeah. new production. And also the Indian Com stuff. Also the Indian Com stuff, I think. Right. So, so all the Trickleman ship uh, storyline ships, I guess, all, everything related to it. Yeah. I thought the Indian Com stuff was a little overpriced. So maybe this is a correction that may stay low. I don't know. But it's under what it was normally. Let's take a look at its historical. See, it's about half of what it was. You're right. Yeah. And also, like... Uh, the Indian Com ships, the ships themselves, are not that much overpriced. What's overpriced is the skill book. Mm. So if you look at the skill books, like uh, if I remember correctly, a large Voltron projector is about like five billion on the market. There's li limited supply. But if you look at the large Voltron's projector specialization, that one's about five hundred million and a lot more stocks uh, in Gita. What's that called? The uh... large Voltron, uh, special Voltron projector, I think. Yeah. Vorton. Vorton. <laughs> that, I don't know. You, <laughs> said, it right. it you said it right. I just yeah. I kept thinking Voltron, so I was mistyping it. But also, uh, you have to put it in the right order. Let's go Voltron. Yeah, you have to put the size first, which kind of sucks. But these searches might take forever if you didn't have to put the large in front of Votron. Yeah, yeah. Votron. Votron. Yeah, so the, special, the specialization yeah. book sitting at... Let's see if there's even any on the market. The specialization are a plenty more compared to the... Uh, a plenty more compared to the projector itself. Interesting. So, Look at that. Yeah. That that that's a special thing. A special thing about it. Look, you have a lot more, thing, uh, a lot more stocks. But if you look at the other one, which you only have like what five? Oh yeah, there's only five, and one of them is five billion, and the next are nine, and it's just wild west there. Yeah, it be it makes more sense if it's the other way around, right? Yeah, so yeah. Maybe CSB is gonna rebalance this. Who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm sure something will happen, but uh, you can see the price point uh, for a while was, you know, 60, basically six, yeah, about the same as the other one, about uh, half, half a billion or 600, 700 million. For it to jump up to 5 billion is just uh, absurd. Yeah, either one group is uh, picking up a lot of those or 
uh, just somehow the the supply went away. Because if you look at the beginning, um, I think there is either event or something like that that led to a lot of uh, stock uh, mm-hmm. in Jita. You see, like daily trading is very high, but as time goes on, it dropped significantly. Yeah, it's kind of it shows you like there's probably some kind of you're right uh, manipulation going on, and that's what you're saying. One group dominating the market, holding on to them, and only releasing a few at a time, creating tremendous pressure on uh, uh, on demand. So people start finding yeah. each other for the for, to pay for it. Anyway, interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I thought the equipment, or maybe it was the ship wasn't worth it at first. Like the cost was too high for the ship within the first month or so. Maybe it, it evened up. Let's go on to the next thing, uh, which is zero point condensate. condensate. Yep. That's the, that's the other one that uh, people, that's the other material that's special, special to uh, Eden Common to Cleveland. Yeah, look ships. at it just tank i'll put the historical record up for one year i have to shrink it just so you can could be as high as uh close to ninety thousand per and now the price is uh, about half that so down 50 percent i mean it's the same thing with uh same hump with yeah same thing it's an industrial change until all those new materials came into stock and the price goes to a reasonable place, uh, we are not going to see the price goes up uh, for the zero-point condensate. Yeah. So those are two items from, again, that is the crystalline crystalline isogen 10, which we looked at earlier, and zero-point condensate, condensate that are both triglavian... Um, well, how do you actually get these? Is it triglavian? So you loot? get them in uh, abyssal dead space. This is that's why they're loot drops. Yeah, this is a loot loot drop, and there are special uh, weather types that you can. So if you look at if you do the gamma site, you get more of the zero point condensate. Uh, if you do like a dark filament, you would get more of the crystalline isogen ten. So it's different for different weather type filament. I see, and you can find those in abyssal materials here. These are the two. Yeah, both taking a plunge, which means it might be a really good time to buy. Save up. Yeah, I mean, if you want to build some Triglavian guns, right? Uh, Triglavian ammos, uh, this may be a good time since all the materials are very, uh, has very low price. Right. Okay. Let's go back to some news here. We'll come back to the market. Uh, I love looking at the market and talking about it. Too, but in Triglavian space, we have again Edencom moving around easily, and now starting to attack uh, Triglavian players' structures, uh, like Strybog. Uh, today there was a null, sorry, uh, what do you call it, a hull timer, and uh, that fight just ended in Senda. Triglavian actually had like 160. Edencom could only put about a third of that. 50 or so into the fleet. And so uh, the fight essentially was, uh, didn't happen and the structure was saved. Strybog defends their structure. But there are timers all night tonight or all day for the next few hours in, in and around um, Poshvin. So fights go on. 
All right, and in other newsy news, let's look at a battle report here for... Uh, this is back to the war in Delve. And uh, it looks like Goonswarm got the jump on a test Chimera and Anshar, which is a jump freighter, in CX-8 tax 6K. So that is in Delve. Let's see if we can show you that. Down here. There you And uh, looks like it's test again being the victims. Uh, probably that jump freighter got into trouble and maybe the... Uh, uh, Dreadnought, was, or actually the carrier, was jumped in to try to help it out. But uh, once once a fleet got in there, those are all bombers. Yeah, I think it's a uh, blob. Uh, so basically one covered up Sino with, uh, with all the bombers. Yeah, it's all bombers there. Right. Well, it's odd to see a... A, a carrier alongside of a Nashnar. Maybe it was supposed to be its protection or something. I don't know. It's an odd combo. It makes sense in that in that scenario. Okay. Else elsewhere in uh, this is in the Forge. Another battle between this is a training war between Red versus Blue and the Ivy League from Eve University. And so these are fun fights for to prepare people for combat. And this happened in Yashunin. That's in the Forge. I'll show you where that is now. Oh, uh, you mean the Citadel? Did I? Uh, said the Forge. And I said the Forge, right? Okay. Yeah, I said the Forge. No, it's it is definitely uh, Citadel. It's just written wrong. So we'll correct that. Yeah, that's uh, where it is down here. If you can see it, bottom left. And this battle report, uh, again, for fun, it's not a lot of, um, not a lot gained or lost in this. It's just for practice. So that's the Ivy League practicing with red versus blue. And then uh, finally, well, this is uh, just propaganda. So get rid of that and that and that. Okay. Another thing that came out today are some skins. We'll have a look at those. Free skin with Omega until the end of the month. So that's a rattlesnake skin, and it's free with your paid Omega. Oh, this is uh, so, yeah. So just to clarify, um, this paid Omega thing is you pay it on the website, not paying with Plex. Yeah, you have to buy a month to get that rattlesnake skin. Yep. Hmm. And you have to pay for it. It can't be part of your uh, ongoing subscription. So you have to tack on a month. All right. Yeah, that means that means. I mean, if you pay for like this three months or six months, you would get some like percent off. So that percent off right now is the fee that you pay for the rattlesnake skin. This skin so is not called, really free. Yeah, this it's not skin, really entirely free. Skin is called King's Ransom. Let's have a look at King's Ransom skin. Actually, I think the best way is to put it here. Comes up as an item. And then we can look at the info on that item. And if you tap this icon, it'll show the skin on the ship. Oh, and my graphics are low to keep the ship from overheating. So I don't think we're going to get a beauty shot of it. Let's risk overheating, turning up the graphics. I need more power. Okay, if we uh, overheat and turn off, we'll be back. <laughs> 
Let's hope that doesn't uh, take too much out of the client. Now we have it at full graphics, and now we can see uh, just how beautiful the skin is. It's uh, really quite nice. Uh, metallic looking with black and red uh, on the tips. And that stinger on the scorpion has a little bit of design to it, which is really cool. You mean the head of the rattlesnake? <laughs> I call it the stinger. Well, it is a rattlesnake, right? But this is a scorpion body. Yeah, but yeah, it depends on the way you look at it. <laughs> You're right. They're right. That would be the head if it's a rattlesnake. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, so that's what's going on there. Let's go back to lower settings so we don't die. Thank you. Okay. So that's what you can get if you subscribe for a character this month. You have until the end of the month to get that skin. They're throwing it in with uh, a purchase of a month. Which I believe, if you hit buy today, I believe that's a full $15, isn't it, for the U.S. market? Yeah, it is. That's is that the regular price? I don't know. I think it, I thought it was twenty dollars if you buy one month. I think that's the regular price. That's yeah. the regular it's price if you subscribe. But if you were to yeah, buy, yeah, if you subscribe, um, yeah, I don't know uh, if that's. I little... mean, you're you're buying a month of Omega. You're not buying Plex. I think for Plex is twenty bucks. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, you're right. If you buy Plex to convert to time, it's twenty bucks. So, I see that makes a lot of sense. So they're selling you the subscription price yeah but if you buy the like 12 month one it's about like 10 bucks per month at the end so yeah. there's some math you can do there how much is skin is worth yeah so valamir is correct and you are correct that it's the subscription price of 15 bucks which makes sense all right next i'm going to show you a little video that came out today from whoa eve's and me from ccp why did that pop up twice and here it is. You may recognize this voice. If you don't, we'll tell you who it is at the end of it, but we'll watch uh, part of this. If you haven't seen this video, it's in Eve News on TIS. It's also on talk, um, Eve Online's YouTube channel. Let's have a look. Eve to me is basically freedom. It's a giant open universe where you can do whatever you want. You can have really relaxed, slow paced stuff where you can take it easy. Or you could be on the edge of your seat, shaking, making split-second decisions. This is Eve. You know, it's a crazy universe where anything can happen, and however you want to do it, go for it. I would describe myself as a kind of a freedom fighter. My very first character was a Mimitar character because it just seemed like the coolest, you know, most brutal people. And I was like, I want to be that guy. I started out doing the, the missions in high sec and I want to be on the side of the people who are fighting against the oppression, against the bad guys. And once I learned that you can basically help them and fight the other factions, that was, you know, that's all I wanted to do. It's a very satisfying feeling, you know, starting out at the bottom and working my way up, getting to more advanced you know, situations, bigger ships, bigger enemies, and all that kind of cool stuff.
the ship that I wanted to sit in more than anything was the Paladin, which is the Amarian Marauder. It was red and gold and it had the lasers and it, you know, massive firepower, incredible capabilities. And I wanted to sit in that thing. I wanted to fly. I wanted to undock. It's like a project and you're kind of putting the pieces together by getting the skills ready for the ship and all the modules. You've got to get the money to afford it. You know, you've, you've got a dream that you want and that ship basically is the dream. And once you finally get into it, there's no greater feeling. I was love struck when I sat in that thing and undocked and you know, with that ship, I could take on anything. There's so many different forms of PVE that trying to wrap your head around it, you know, you've got a ton to do. All the options are there. It's just a matter of going out and whatever fits your playstyle, whatever you feel is the best thing to go after. Basically just jump into whatever catches your attention. It's a huge universe. There's a lot in it. Get out there and try it. Okay, that's new video called Enforcers Face Danger. Uh, check that out on Eve Online's YouTube channel. Second. And that card kind of comes up uh, in a bad spot. Mm, you know, this is why I don't like using cards, but uh, I would like to read this before and you can't really move it out of the way yeah i mean one pattern that we're seeing is ccp are cooperating with players right we can see from this video and the last industrial video mm -hmm. that they did yeah the industrial yeah, one was so, awesome yeah you haven't mm -hmm. seen that so, one that one's really nice <laughs> yeah the so they're trying trade. to work with players to create their own trailers right so i think that's the right direction to do to yeah take. Yeah, I think uh, it looks like a couple guys don't like it, thought it was boring. And I wouldn't disagree, actually. Uh, it's, it's, what do you guys think is missing from this video? I love Torvald. He's an awesome guy. I, I don't think it, it was, I, I think the music was good and the visuals were good, but the visuals um, are, are so beautiful now, are so precise that they very much look like um, a modern game. And uh, I think what they're selling here is gameplay, right? And talking about long-term planning to get into that Paladin, which is a beautiful ship, and, you know, earning the money and making it a project. There's that. But it really is just about pew, pew, pew. And I don't think that's Eve's strength at all. I mean, that's PvE, right? <laughs> pew, 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 all day long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're fighting another person, all of a sudden the meta kicks in. Because now you're, now you're up against another human, and that's it's like hunting another human. It's a it's a whole different thing. So I mean, maybe next time we can see a exploration one, or I mean, they've done one, maybe yeah. a PvP one. Like yeah. they've done the industrial one. Now the PVE, maybe the PvP is next. Who knows? Yeah, right. They're going through these. Okay, so yeah, for those that didn't know, that was Torvald. He's CSM member, CSM fifteen, and he was prolific streamer and uh, specialized in player versus player combat actually inside of 
the abyssal dead space. That's where he did a lot of he did a lot of work there. Sorry, abyssal not dead space, but abyssal space. Dead space is a technical term, I guess, among players. Okay, one last piece of news to go through here, and that is the uh, Galactic Hour News Roundup. This is about new Stargates construction underway. And uh, the EOM mopping up continues. I believe the... What does EOM stand for? It is a... It's those NPCs. E go ahead. Equilibrium of Mankind. Thank you. Yeah, the NPCs in the Capsular Day event. Here they are. And the people who were hired by each empires to bomb each other's planet. It was them. Yeah. And that railgun avatar as well. The shield tanked avatar. Right. Yeah, people were laughing at the fits, but that, that avatar was destroyed. Um, by a supercarrier. By Aeon, yeah, from the Amar Imperium fleet or something like that. Yeah. This was a player event. You saw there were like four different player events uh, right before the patch came out um, called Foundation or the Quadrant. And that was the Empires and uh, this one kind of a doomsday cult uh, at work. And so that's, you can get more news there. They say there's still some mopping up. So Basically, Laura's catching up to what, what some of that player uh, event stuff was. So there's your stuff. If you're into the backstory of EVE Online, I encourage you to read World News. Uh, I am not going to I'm not going to explain it to you because it's just deep, deep, deep storytelling uh, that, for some people, is just not digestible. So uh, you really have to get someone like Byridian. We used to do lore on Hydrostatic Podcast. He would have the lore section of it. And what was brilliant about his technique was that he would read some of the, the stories. They're called Chronicles in EVE Online. And so he would read it, and then he would talk about it and explain it. And he was just such a character. It was just such a soothing character. The way he explained lore was very, very accessible. And... You know, what he found interesting, I, as an audience member, found interesting. So we were in sync. And he's very much uh, telling the story of those chronicles. So as he would do that every episode, I actually got more and more invested in, like, I want to know more about this stuff. But it takes someone like that to make it really accessible. And I haven't really seen that. Uh, I haven't seen that a lot in EVE Online. I, I find that lore is very inaccessible unless you like reading science fiction and then you're on a whole different level. But um, for, for people who aren't into it, into it, it's hard, it's hard to like uh, keep all the threads together, but uh, that's some people, right? Some people love it. Yeah. And especially good, I think for role players, uh, role playing players, I think this is going to be something that they can base off their next uh, steps out of. Right. Another lore article. It's always good for them. Yeah. So let's go for the trifecta and upset role players. Uh, now that we have Wormhole and Losec, uh, Pirates and Nullsec, and, you know, whoever else we, we happen to talk about that are very defensive about their gameplay. Uh, role players are really interesting in that they 
take whatever the game is offering as far as story and then they play it back. It's like impromptu theater where they accept what's written and then they act out and uh, type out and basically write their version of what happens after that. And what's cool is that CCP plays along and accepts most of what those guys write and, uh, and will at times play against that. And so again, it's like, it's like, um, is it impromptu theater? It just kind of goes back and forth between the players and CCP. And as long as it all makes sense in the universe, they kind of keep that stories going. So it's, uh, it's really interesting. Those are role players. Those are different than lore guys, right? Lore people like the backstory. Role players act out their stories with the backdrop of lore. And really, I don't even think it should be called lore. I've said this for many years now. I think it should be called backstory. But uh, lore is like folklore. It, it's like stories of old. And backstory to me is more factual. This happened. It's, there's no lessons to be learned here. This is just a record of what actually happened. It's not allegorical or par a, a parable of some sort. It's a record. It's a history. That's different than lore. So I think it's misnamed. It's just lore has one syllable and you know, whatever. Yeah, just people, how people call it. Yeah. I, that's a losing fight. And I, I didn't die on that hill on purpose. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right, that's, uh, that's all the news news that we have. Let's go back to market. We'll take a look at some faction cruisers real quick. Uh, right. Yep, going the price going through the roof. Gila, going crazy. Yeah, Gila is something that's again. What's so great about a Gila? Uh, you can use it almost anywhere for PVE, is and for PVP as well if you have enough numbers. Mm -hmm. So people use it in high sec to do um, to scan down escalations or trigger escalations to do them. Uh, that's it. Using high sec and they're using abyssal dead space to run those high tier abyssal sites. Uh, so tier, so they can run from tier one uh, all the way to tier six if properly fitted with the right implants. And in NullSec, they're widely used for new players because this ship is alpha friendly and is the best, I believe, best alpha ship for ratting for a new player. So a new player get on this ship, they can have 400 to 500 DPS with only two drones. So they don't have to uh, train the drone skill to five uh, because that takes like 10 days. They can just train them to two and get the medium drone skills up and they can start ratting right away. So it's a nice way to get people uh, start ratting in OSEC. Right. You were saying like that could be a, a beginner's uh, standard ship. I mean, it, it to some degree it is. Uh, so if we so people move from let's say a Vexer, like a very basic riding ship, to a Gila when they have the money, and when they have the skill, uh, they tend to use an Ishtar. So that's yeah. usually the next step progression, and after that, it's more like Rattlesnake, um, and after that's about like a carrier and super carrier. Right. All right, so you're looking at that price jump up about twice as much as it was at its high point earlier in the year. 
you can just see that it uh, spiked up after, of course, the uh, production changes were announced because all faction ships were going up. And uh, this is why I gave the advice that even though it's expensive because minerals were expensive because everybody was scrambling to build their stuff before the price changes came in or the build costs changed, that even though mineral prices were higher, it was still worth buying because you can just see it, it's very rare for a ship to just double in price like this. And it's not a short term change. This price will stabilize high because the build costs are stabilizing high as well. This isn't a fad. This isn't a horde buying up all the gilas, you know, for some, uh, for some doctrine that they could say, let's switch to something else. And then those prices come crashing down. These are permanent changes, permanent shift in cost. I mean, when we're talking about doctrines, it, it is used in a, a fleet setting as well. So when you have a fleet of, let's say, 30, 40 gilas, everyone has two medium drones, right? It's just very scary. So if you assist the drones to FC, right? And as soon as FC press F, one of your enemy dies. That's how quickly, that's how scary the DPS on Gila is. Yeah. It's the drone boats. Uh, so there it is. Anyway, the price for it has gone up. Let's go look at something else here. We'll look at all its partners in faction. Uh, Pirate faction cruisers. Now these things were, how much were they to build? They were about 50, 60 million. Does that sound right? Let's see. I mean, for just for building costs for the mineral before the change is about 20 mil to 15 mil-ish. That's right. The same as a regular T1 cruiser. So the, uh, so, so the part with the price, the biggest part, uh, that's the BBC. BBC yeah, the is blueprint. the most expensive part of building a faction cruiser. Yeah, because it's a loot drop. You have to, or a loyalty point store purchase, which is uh, a different type of, um, I guess, currency. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, but the loot drop the plus the production cost was about yeah. what? They used to sell for... It, it depends on uh, how many people are farming uh, that BBC. So for... Mo I think 99% of uh, the faction, like the pirate faction cruisers, their BBC came from escalations. So at the end of escalations, you can get uh, faction modules, dead space modules, and uh, a corresponding um, faction cruiser BBC or battleship BBC. It depends on what kind of escalation you're doing. Uh, that's true, except for the Ostrohus, um or the Orthros like the one from uh, Mulder's yeah. Legion. Yeah. That one, uh, you can either farm in low sec, because you don't have, uh, you don't have Mulder's Legion pirate region, same as for Sisters of Eve. So you have to uh, get them from the LP store. Right. That is just a massive spike for the uh, Orthress. Yeah. And yes, also for the Sisters of Eve, the Nestor, uh, their battleship. Yeah. Uh, that's that one's you can get that one from uh from the LP store when trading with NPC uh, using uh, a Nexus chip, I think you that you get from a Jungland escalation or a faction spawn. So it's not entirely dependent on uh 
on on LP exchange. Okay, that one seems to have some shenanigans going on. It's going up, starts dropping, goes up again. You see the the humps. Yeah, I mean, those ones are just. I think people hesitate about if this should go up or not, right? And the great thing about the Nestor is it has the ability to, it has a ship maintenance bay, which means that you can uh, change your fit if you throw one of this out of your ship maintenance bay. So that means a lot of supers, like a Titan or uh, a super carrier, when they're solo doing anything, basically, you have to have a Nestor in your ship maintenance bay. Yes, that is your that is your uh, dressing room. It's uh, yeah. You carry around your own like porta potty that you can jump into and change your clothes. That's what the nester is. Yeah, and there's a great lodgy ship for for arm for battleship uh, armored battleship fleets like Lashax and Abaddon's. Yeah, let's look at the material. I, this was. Uh, Handy uh, fleet ship for Nullsec for a while. It used to be just a pirate ship that low set guys would fly because it was fast and it had a lot of firepower and it could move almost as fast as a cruiser. So it was a really fast ship. So somebody who was proficient at PvP would want that big guns, big speed, and uh, and this material battleship could deliver that. But as they got cheaper because they got over farmed, the blueprints became very available. The price point for these things dropped to about 400 million, which was ridiculously low and allowed them to basically have fleets of 250 of these things. And so NullSec started to use that quite a bit. So let's take a look at it now. And it's doubled to about 800, kind of where it should have been all the time. But that's even low for, you can see how down here it was for a long time, 420 million. For this ship and that's that's just 100 million over a normal battleship for a long time just basically straight and then goes up and then evens out yeah anytime like uh i was in Omis, so that was also a part of angel pirate region when you get a mccary blueprint is one of the uh worst loot drop you can get from escalations like the best one to get is the dead space, mo dead space modules. Yeah, nobody wanted them. They're just like water. But uh, that's I always look at that one first because I want to see if that one is is a nice high price. That means the other ones are going to be even higher probably. The only exception is the Balgorn, but the all the Balgorn corrected yeah. itself. I mean, it was, still is this still low right now? It's a Balgorn. Yeah, the Balgorn was. Uh, just way over farmed because it was in uh, Imperium space and uh, these things were going for 80 million for the blueprint, right? Like at least the, at least the material, the build cost for a faction battleship was 120 million at one point, right? All of them, 120 million. So really the, the cost difference was in the blueprint, as you said earlier, Shen. And uh, the Balgarn was so over farmed that it got down to about 80 million. So, Literally for 200 million, you could get a ball guard. Uh, then it slowly increased, and now it's back to where it was, uh, where, where it should have been. That's now sitting at about 700 billion. 
You mean 700 million? <laughs> 700 million. I just get my B's yeah. and yeah. Yeah. My, I mean, B's, M's, and of course, T's, uh, trillions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can look at this through, uh, I mean, through a political way as well from Nosek. Uh-huh. Uh, Imperium c- controlled all of the Blood Raider pirate uh, regions, the Delph, uh, period bases, and Quirus, three regions that are controlled by Blood Raiders. Uh, yeah. But from them, the Balgorn BBC went, the, the price of Balgorn BBC went down like crazy. It was like 60 million per BBC. It was nothing. Yeah. But if you look at right beside it is Legacy, which is, um, uh, and th- there you can find Sensha space, Sensha rats, basically. That's uh, period, uh, that's Paragon Soul, Esoteria, and Catch. So, but if you look at the BBC price for the Nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. The Nightmare's price stabilized. It didn't crash like the Belgrin did. Uh, part of the thing is uh, Test and I think Brave doing it together. I think it's mainly Test where they have a, a Nightmare fleet. What they did is they disallowed anyone to export, I think, or only with limited amount. So that means uh, the own and provenance, yeah, maybe and provenance, but provenance was fought over over and over, so we couldn't really farm in provenance uh, yeah. for the past uh, few months, past year or so. Mm-hmm. So that means they had to uh, to control and uh, the so test to control over the export for the Nightmare BBC, which means that the the price couldn't crash that much, and there's a constant need for those BBC as well, because they have a fleet. They need to reship every once in a while. Right. The Nightmare has always been a pricey uh, proposition, actually, uh, in that if you, in Providence, if you brought out a Nightmare fleet, NC Dot would jump on you with super caps. <laughs> like they just, that was good enough to eat with a super cap. Like normally you don't bring out super caps to fight battleships. It's just not worth it. Why would you do that? Um, but, uh, because of those expensive kill mails, whenever Pravi would bring out nightmares, uh, Vince would just drop the hammer and yeah, yeah. yeah and test actually had nightmare fleets and they recently said they're not going to be using nightmares anymore. They've just become too expensive. And you can see here, they're actually hitting a 1.2, uh, 1.3 I mean, also they, they yeah. move out of, uh, Esoteria and period uh, Paragon Soul, right? So they don't have the supply anymore. So supply is down. Yes. They don't have a natural supply. Supply is down for everybody and price is up. Uh, for us, it's yeah. not. We have, uh, we yeah. have took over Esoteria and Paragon Get, get busy, you guys. That's you, right? We are busy farming escalations. <laughs> That's you guys, right? Army of yeah. Mango. Yeah. I mean, catch is kind of chaotic, but uh, we're farming like crazy. I mean, especially after uh, campers are gone. It's, it's uh, you mean the AF, AFK campers, the uh, yep. campers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 14 already. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you already built those yeah. mobile. Uh, what are they? Mobile. Uh, what are they called? A mobile observatory. Observatory. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, 
it, it's not here yet, but the fact that you have an option in the future, that's already scary enough. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to watch what you guys do, see if it goes out of control, but you're motivated. I mean, our Nightmare Fleet kind of got slotted in, uh, in Faith of Alice by Fraternity, so we're trying to rebuild, but yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, Vindicators, I like Vindicators. They're not... I don't think they use that much. Um, they have good web powers. Actually, let me double check that. Yeah, they're webbing ships. Uh, that's how they were used. Usually, sometimes in tournaments, you'd see them. Uh, and then you could really see how they were used uh, in small game. But uh, Vindies were webbing ships. Lente, I like the Rattlesnake. For some reason, I used to build a lot of these. I don't remember why. I think they were in the sweet spot for a faction. Now they are back... I think the reason I liked uh, rattlesnakes is because we'll see their history. This is coming down from a, about uh, close to a billion. So they were close to a billion way back two years ago when they were really popular with wormholers at a certain point. And then they dropped way down. Uh, and now with the changes for production value, you can see they're going right back up to where they were at their heyday, which is about 900 billion. Let's check that here. Check their current price. Yeah, 950 million. We don't know if they're going to settle there because a lot of factors are pushing on these faction uh, ship hulls. So they may actually go a little higher, a little lower. It depends on people's uh, purchasing them off the LP store as opposed to building them. But the build costs alone are at about... And again, build costs will fluctuate because the uh, ingredients in building will fluctuate. So you can't really say with any certainty, but we expected them to sit between where they're at now, 900 and 1.3 billion. So we'll see. I mean, for the price of... Uh, so when, when we're talking about a building cost for faction battleship, you just need to look at a T1 battleship. The average price for the T1 battleships is the building cost for a faction battleship. That's, that's at least the way that I look at it. All right. All right. Generally speaking, their costs, they cost the same, similar. But right now with the new change, uh, I think faction battleships require a little bit more extra, like the new materials than the yeah. regular T1 variants. Quite a bit more, actually. Quite a bit more. Yeah, so it may fluctuate. Yeah, I think we were looking at their build costs with the market prices after the hysteria started. So they may not have been true, but there's like 1.1, 1.2 billion just to build it. That's without the blueprint. I'm, yeah, but is there, I think a lot of them is stockpiles from earlier on. Well, that might be what's keeping the price down right now, I think. Yeah, I mean, people, people are, the, the easiest way to, to, to check that is if you check the in, uh, industry uh, page or the window for a faction battleship and you right click uh, finding contracts that's oh, where you that, can see the, yeah, yeah. i uh, mean that's the primary way people uh, buy bpc on the open market so let me demonstrate that for people uh, there's a little uh, if, if you don't know this you can go from the market to look at the uh, contracts to look at the build cost rather quickly if you know which buttons to hit so if you're looking at the market here you want to bring up information on this ship. And in the top left, there's a little burger menu, the very top left. 
and you can say view in contracts or find in contracts. And when you do that, it'll bring up a search in the contracts area for Rattlesnake. Uh, Rattlesnake BBC. Wait. Uh... Oh, yeah, let me do that. Hold on a second. Yeah, so, feels... so that's the Rattlesnake ship in contracts, which is, you don't need to look at that because you're looking at the market price. But again, let's bring up info. And under, this is how you get there. Under this info panel, if you go to industry, there's the blueprint as part of the ingredients to this. And that, if you click on that and say, find in contracts, will take you to the BPC contracts for it. And so they're at 150 million. That is quite a bit lower. Crash. That is really low. They, they were I, I at 400. Remember... 400 million. I, remember, I bought mine like 300 million when I, when I bought the Rattlesnake PVC. Yeah. I knew that the, was weird back then. I, I knew this was going to be an issue uh, before I thought, well, look, if the build costs go up, are you really going to tack on 400 million more on top of a 1.2 billion build? Or are people going to have to sell Rattlesnake blueprints cheaper? And uh, I think we have our answer. People are going to have to sell cheaper. So if you were sitting on blueprints that you bought before building them, you are out 75% uh, of your money. So if I bought a $400 million blueprint for a rattlesnake and said, I don't want to build it right now because the material costs are too high and you waited, now you can't get rid of that at $400 million. Now you're going to get rid of it at $150 million. So you lost money. That's why I, my advice was not to sit on blueprints, but to build them, create the object. Don't sit on blueprints because the, because when production costs go up, the blueprint cost must come down unless uh, people are going to be satisfied paying one and a half billion for uh, a ship, which I kind of knew they wouldn't do that. That's way too much. I mean, I, that's why that's like a CCP please thing, which is, Please make some sort of like a graph that can show the price of this thing fluctuate from up and down. So yeah. maybe that's more virtual. That's maybe you can do it in the MER somehow. Just please well, give us like a just just like the market. Yeah. yeah, like this guy here might be in Amar. That's the old price, right? Because Amar is usually the same prices for at least for blueprints. It's usually the same price as Cheetah, and. I don't know when that one was put up, but 400, that was the old price. Everybody yeah, else is. It fractured a lot. Crazy. Okay, so I promised you all the way to industry. So once you get here, um, actually, you don't, you don't need to be there, but you can just go to this blueprint here and say show, um, right click it, bring it up in. Uh, so now you bring up the info panel on the blueprint itself, not the ship, but the blueprint. And this you can see here, view an industry button down at the bottom. And this will take this blueprint, throw it into the industry panel where you can see the calculations. I think my transparency's on. Let me turn that off. Huh, transparency won't go away. All right, I'll fix that. And if you right click uh, in the middle, you can, there's an option for buy all. Uh, which you can check the actual price that if you want to build one right now, how much it's going to cost just for build, just for building. I changed the transparency and for some reason it won't uh, react to it. I, I, I think it's just a new change. Like, 
yeah, it's, I don't know. Maybe just I have to close it and turn it back on. See if that works. Yeah. I mean, let me just make sure it actually took. It may not have. Transparency is all the way to zero, where it was before, which is weird. Okay, that looks correct. And then I'll hit view industry. That's still, you can see right through it. So anyway, I'm sorry, I can't fix that just now. But you can see the blueprint cost, your blueprint jumps in here. And now if you hover over this area right here, right next to it on the left, that's between all the ingredients and the, the ship that you're building, it'll give you the cost. And right now, that cost is nuts. And that doesn't even seem right. So 2.5 billion to build, that doesn't seem right. It should be about half that. Yeah, back then it was like uh, 500 plex is equal to a fully fitted rattlesnake. Right now it's about a rattlesnake hull. Maybe in the future it's like half rattlesnake. Who knows? <laughs> wow. That's nuts. So prices haven't settled out on the uh, all the ingredients. I wonder if it was one ingredient that was doing that, that we, we should look at to see where the choke points are on that. But Cool. Well, I wanted to look at faction. This is, we're using faction because it was something that was changing a lot. It was something that uh, is easy to see a before and after from these production changes. And, uh, and we could easily see it on a high sec market as opposed to capital ships, which are hard to see that way. But uh, let's look at some other stuff here. One more thing. Uh, there's something called zero point view manipulator. Uh, I put the name in the channel. Uh, that thing is the key component for T2 Triglavian ships. Ooh, open that window up. The Oh, that's the capital. Here is the subcapital. Uh, just subcapital one, yeah. So that one uh, used to be, able, you were able to farm it in, uh, in minor conduit and major conduits in known space. Mm -hmm. uh, but after the parchment change, you can see the big spike up. Uh, in like oh yeah look at late that. Uh, like November uh, no late October early November yeah that time period so that's when the price really spiked up and that's at the same time that's when the uh, most of the T two Triglavian ships spiked up as well so this is the main so this this took a big part of the T two Triglavian ship cost but right now you can see at the end that uh, the price is somewhat going down right. Uh, at the end of yeah, uh, at the beginning of May, yeah, it's drifting down. Uh, my uh, explanation for this is the fact that gates are opening up, and Triglavian space, uh, the Parchment region, is uh, became more and more available. So maybe this is a sign that T two Triglavian ships uh, can be widely used uh, some at some point. You think they'll do that? I mean, for a lot of wormhole people, this uh, like uh, the uh, Ikitursa, that one is already uh, widely used. Uh, but right now, like Ikitursa right now is like 800 mil, which is crazy Ooh, for yeah. a T2 cru cruiser, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if you look at a T2 cruiser right now, a T2 Triglavian cruiser or or bat or battle cruiser, well, no, not battle cruiser, a destroyer, so the Nurgle. Uh, the Dragor, the Ikitursa, or the Zarma, the four T2 Triglavian ships, if you look at their price, their price is not going down. And my suspicion to that is the T1 base ship is 
very, very expensive right now. The price of T1 base ship is going up like crazy. So until the T1 ship can stabilize, and at the same time that uh, the zero point uh, fuel manipulator can go down enough, that's when we can see the Ikitursa and the other ships can go down in price. I see. That's the uh, Triglavian hack heavy assault cruiser. Yeah. Kikimura is a frigate, right? Yeah. That's a uh, no, Kikimura is a, is a T1 destroyer. Yeah, the drawer. Drawer, I think, Alan. I bought some stuff. Let me see what that was. Is the Kikimura? Oh, it's nothing. Just one. I mean, Kikimura is going up as well. Everything's yeah, I think going I just, up. I think I just wanted to have like one of these things to just to so I could look at the price quickly. I thought I had a. I mean, I, I built one for myself. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they were going really uh, cheap right before the change happened. Uh, again, you buy the blueprint, and you could build it with just a few minerals, and it was just super simple. Yeah, I mean, people who say Matter doesn't play EVE, uh, look at the screen right now, right? <laughs> That's the evidence. Uh, yeah, I'm. I do play EVE, but I just play investments. Um, you know, I yeah, log in, different, I look at things. Yeah, it's, it's a different game. And I'm not a short-term day trader either. I don't bother with that. It's. Uh, it's. I look at. I look at. Long-term changes, long-term design patterns, and. Uh, good bets, sure bets, and uh, Caleb does the same stuff. He's he gets into really interesting financial market stuff, but I just I'm kind of a lazy investor. I just look at sure things that I think are going to happen. And I explained in an episode what to look for when you're wanting to do long term investments. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that episode. For those that didn't, we should probably just do a trade show so we could talk about these things and and. and put out as much information as we know because financial guys don't want to tell other people how to succeed on the market because then they're direct comp you're training your competition which is going to ruin your prices but we don't care about that we care about giving you the insides on how to perform better in the game uh, yeah actually we're going to have a, a a trade show and we're going to call it because it's going to be hosted by rich richmond get rich <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that plays all kinds of ways. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, how you look for long term for me, the way I do it is for long term investments is I look at the, the way the universe is being shaped. So if I see people complaining about and this is a real world example that happened about four years ago, three years ago, people were complaining about faction ships, faction battleships just being uh, everywhere, um, the material especially. And um People didn't like them. They thought they were unbalanced and they ruined, uh, you know, that they fit a niche that kind of blocked out a bunch of battleships and other things. So people weren't happy that faction battleships were so cheap and so around. And CSM reflects that because CSM basically just wants to get elected. So they'll do whatever the players are shouting about. But some of them are super hyper intelligent and know something's out of whack. And so those guys will tell CCP, you know, you've got to raise the prices on um, faction battleships. And so then I have to think there's pressure on CCP to fix something that's obviously irritating a lot of people. And it's, 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 uh, it's pervasive. It's gone on for months now. And so I think, should I buy a bunch of blueprints or should I 
buy a bunch of actual ships. Which, which way do I go? And here's the trick. CCP will never just fix it one way. They'll try to fix it two or three different ways. So what they did with faction battleships is that they adjusted, I think they adjusted the loot drop. I don't remember. So those are going to become more rare. But then they also increased the build cost. And uh, the cool thing was that time they gave a warning and said in two months, in two weeks, the build cost for faction battleships will go up by 80 million from 120 to like maybe 60 million, 120 to like 180 million. And so at that point, if you're sitting on a bunch of blueprints for faction battleships, you need to convert those into actual ships because you need to get that build cost at the 120 rate. Uh, and everybody else that waits is going to have to build it at 180. And so they're not going to make as much profit. So that was the real trick is trying to figure out like, do I hold on to the blueprint? Does the rarity of the blueprint go up? Therefore, the blueprint costs go up. Therefore, I don't have to spend the money building stuff and work on the uh, inventory problems that come with that because, you, you know, moving them around or whatever. Um, and that's the kind of stuff you have to look at. So the point that I'm getting at is simply watch what players are talking about, watch the market, understand what influences what, and, uh, and start to head off change before uh, CCP actually announces it. Now, here's one thing I didn't do. The, uh, I had a bunch of Marauders recently, and I was, I, I bought them off the, uh, where did I buy those? They, they were really hot property when Hypernet came out, right? Freighters and Marauders. So I bought a lot of freighter, jump freighters, a lot of Marauders. Why? Jump freighters and Marauders are tech two, and they're big ships and they absorb a lot of tech two materials. And so it's the final product for a lot of moon minerals. So I invest in those because they sop up a lot of uh, value because of the moon minerals going up in value will push everything created by moon minerals higher. And the bigger the thing that's created by moon minerals, the higher it will go. So jump freighters and uh, marauders were doing really well. And so I would sell them on the hypernet, um, you know, because people want to get those ships, but they're just out of their price range. So if somebody buys a ticket for 300 million uh, and they win it, they'll be happy because they didn't spend the full 1.1 billion that it was worth. Anyway, all that is how I made money on those things. And then I held on to them because their price just sagged uh, after Hypernet kind of lost interest and they got down to like a billion or something. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't want to just unload these for nothing. And here's another investor thing. Like how long do you hold on to something? Do you cut your losses and run? It depends on how much uh, liquid isk you have to work with. If you still have enough liquid isk to work with, you don't worry about selling inventory. You just hold on to it till you know it's going to go up or does go up spikes. So you want to keep yourself with some reserves so you can play on the market without selling inventory uh, that you're forced to do. So when, uh, so I parked, here's my mistake. Instead of leaving them in my inventory, I thought I really want to get out of these, but I'm going to get out of them at 1.4 billion right? Everybody was selling at 1.1, 1.2. So I just put them on the market at 1.4 and said, I'll just forget about it. And so then this Marauder change totally surprised me. Everybody was surprised by it. it. just came out of nowhere. And I was looking all over the hangar. I was like, I thought I had, you know, it's like you're throwing dolls and socks and balls out of the closet when you're looking for something. You're like, I know I had Marauders in this closet somewhere and I just couldn't find them. And then I looked and uh, all the Marauders that I had on the market just sold out like that. 
because they got up to like 1.6 billion. So I lost some money there because I forgot where I put them. Uh, but that that happens. But that's the kind of gameplay that I play. That's the Eve that I play. So yes, it's very different from a lot of people, right? There's... Yeah. The biggest here's a little story just because we're on this and uh, I want to give some entertainment value. The biggest thing I had to do where I took a beating was I don't know if I took a beating. There's two stories where, I, where they're famous for uh, one is when CCP allowed um, these boosters to inject full SP into characters that had over 80 million SP. It was a once in a lifetime thing and they did it for Christmas and it was only 30 days that you could inject. And so I was going to do one character, but I ended up overbuying the inject the booster accidentally because I predicted the price would go way up because I thought everybody's going to do this. Nope. <laughs> Everybody sold those things. And I bought like, I forget, 50 million per or 500 million per. And they dropped down uh, to like... Yeah. Right now it's about 600. So back then it's like 800, I think. It's not the like injector, crazy. not the injector. Sorry, the booster. Oh, the, yeah, the booster was limited. It was going to expire worth nothing at the end of the oh, period. Okay, yeah. So I ended up buying way more than I needed because uh, I figured they were just going to go up. And I, I woke up at four in the morning to make sure I got mine right when the opening gate. But then instead of going up, they just went down. So I was like, oh my God. And I think I lost like 24 billion in that exchange. And then I thought, well, okay, I have all these boosters. I'm not going to let them go to waste. So I need injectors and i'm going to do four characters and i'm going to put i'm going to cycle through and put as much sp as i can on four characters so i had to buy i had a bunch of injectors i used all those and i had to buy more but i didn't want to buy injectors because injectors went way up because the injectors were where the the uh the supply the demand went to the injectors not to the boosters so that was my miscalculation and i ended up saying, well, I got to buy a ton of meat, but meat's super expensive. So I'm going to buy a cow. So I went and I started looking at the bazaar and I started putting bids in and this bid popped up and it was a character with 240 million SP uh, for 90 billion or something like that. And I, I, I put in the bid first and just bought it. And, uh, and then the guy didn't get back to me for like three or four days. And I thought, oh, well, it was a scam, whatever. I'll just talk to CCP and they'll give me my money back. And, uh, and then the guy wrote me and said like, nope, not a scam. Here you go. And he gave me the character. And I was like, cool. I got a character with 240 million. I have a ton of extractors. I'm just going to like carve this cow into a ton of steaks and, uh, you know, put all that into four characters through these boosters and so anyway all this stuff happened so i was in a about a 24 billion is hole but by the end of it i ended up spending only 60 billion to put about i believe it was about 33 million sp on four characters that were already over 80 million which you cannot do uh so that and a lot of those characters all four of them in fact are still banked. So they still have over 30 million SP banked, which means any one of those characters can be incredibly flexible. I leave it that way in case I sell the character, then that becomes a selling point. Not only do you get all this SP, but you have 30 million banked or now, you know, more than that. 
on this character. And if I ever sell the characters, they will be very valuable because they're very flexible. And so I came out ahead for only 60 billion, which wasn't, you know, I ended up being okay on that one. All right. So that's one, that's the Christmas story. I did that all live on, on the daily shows actually. And then the, uh, the last story was the Keepstar, right? Like I was the owner of the Onan and Keepstar and uh, Goonswarm was going to destroy it. And so I negotiated a deal to just, you know, take it down. So they let me do that because I was working for INN at the time. So I negotiated with uh, Matani and Asher and they said, okay, we won't destroy you, uh, but, you know, take it down because we can't just let you leave it. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, we'll do that. And uh, so I took it down. And at the same time, uh, somebody was <laughs> somebody was building um, Keepstars that I had committed to buy uh, their Keepstar. So I ended up buying the Keepstar. But in order to buy the Keepstar, that's it. I had to liquidate a bunch of Plex. And I lost the money on that because I was selling lower than I bought or about the same. So I didn't make any money. But then I had two Keepstars. And uh, that allowed me to sell the first one, which was the Onan and Keepstar. I confirmed uh, to Vili and ProGod. They were on the show and they were looking for a Keepstar in high sec. So I said, I have one. And they're like, do you have it handy? And I was like, a few jumps away. And they're like, let's make a deal. So ProGod arranged it or he said, yeah, talk to Vili. Vili's the one that came in and bought it and did all the work and all that stuff. And so I sold it to them and they put it up as a Tranquility Trade Tower. So that Keepstar used to be the Onan and Keepstar which I used to own. And uh, so I unloaded that one. And then I sold, I believe they bought two Keepstars off me for the same price. And uh, so I lost money on the Plex conversion in order to buy a Keepstar, but I made money on the um, sale by far. I won't tell you how much it was, but it was, <laughs> Pandemic Legion was saying, hey, we'll buy it off you for, we'll buy that Keepstar off you for a hundred and Forty billion. At this point, they were worth like one eighty-five to build, but they were selling for two hundred and ten. And so I sold it to, by not selling to them. I told them to fuck off, basically, by not selling to them uh, and waiting. I was able to be ready to go when test needed something immediately, and I was able to supply that. And so the price point was super high. Yeah, in some sense, it is my my fault that they have a trade tower there. The funny thing is I sold them the whole freighter and the Keepstar and the freighter is called TIS special, something like that. I don't even know why it's called that, but that little freighter has now gone around Eve and put down something like seven or eight or nine Keepstars. <laughs> Legacy space. It's still alive and it has a great story. Because uh, I think it's probably put down a uh, uh, lion's share of keep stars that aren't Goon Swarm keep stars. That one little freighter. But uh, all that to say, right moment, right time, uh, having the right supply and not uh, doing that. And here's the problem with all that. Like, I, I, this doesn't mean I'm a good investor. It just means that I had the right patience. But had I said, Billy, I don't want the amount that you're going to give me, I want half the amount in cash, but I want a percentage of whatever you're doing. I want what? 3% of whatever you're doing. 
if I had done that, I would be like way, way better off than I was just selling it outright. So I didn't have the vision to think that Tranquility Trade Tower was even going to work. Uh, I think because ProGod had done the uh, HyperNet Gentlemen's Club, and that had failed miserably, where they tried to sell a um, state-issue Raven for $4 trillion, and they ended up taking like a $250 billion-isk bath on the, <laughs> on the course. So I wasn't sure that what ProGod was doing was going to work. I think I just didn't understand what they were trying to do. I thought it was just... They were just showing some power by dropping a keep star and all that, but I did not see the vision that Vili saw. And if I had, I would be in a much different place uh, because that would be income that could just be relied upon. And I would have funded TIS in a completely different way. Uh, you know, there would have been a whole different world. So there's, there's a few little stories for you. I mean, this is uh, market trading, right? It's, it's, to some degree, it is a gamble. On a on your investments, so I mean that's the reason why I don't do it myself. It's just it's too much risk for me. I would rather it's it's less risk, I guess, in Nosec just chill out and bad sometimes. Just yeah, it's a, it's a different play style for sure. Yeah, you know how they say don't fly what you can't afford to lose. It kind of works in the market too. Don't don't spend what you can't afford to lose uh, because it may not hit zero, but you may take a huge bath on it. So always, always have a percentage of uh, your a good a good size percentage. Like uh, the the sad part about holding liquid isk, right? That you can act with, is that it makes no money. Uh, usually, it just goes down in price. Uh, there used to be a whole thing like you put it in Plex. That way, it's at least accruing value because Plex was always going up. And then when you need cash, you would dump the Plex into cash and then sell and stuff and. And that's what I was doing when I bought that second Keepstar and it burned me. So it wasn't a foolproof plan. But uh, you always want a percentage enough that you can act with, but you want to be invested in stuff so that it's doing something. It's, ex it's expanding, making money. So you always, want your, your, you always want your money making money, but you always want to have a little reserve to act with in case a good opportunity pops up. And that's kind of how the, str the strategy part of the market works for long-term investment. Okay. I'm tired, Shen. What should we do? Let's go. Let's, uh, let's finish up and uh, we'll send you to uh, someone else and we will just come back tomorrow for a, a lounge Friday where we can uh, just sit back and, and talk about whatever happened during the week. All right. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Thanks everyone for hanging out with us. Thank you, Shen, for uh, talking us through the market. And we will see you next time on Talking in Stations.